Welcome everyone to A to Z Talks and you're joined here with me and Helen and Oris who is the Outreach and Engagement Manager at the Brokerage who we are the, the ambassador for and today we'll be talking about Black Lives Matters and we'll start off with Oris giving an intro of himself and what he's currently doing. So hi Oris. Awesome, thank you. Hi Billy, hi Helen. Featuring on the ACZ Talks, given in my hand, this was a, a concept that you guys came up with and it's really exciting to see it all coming together. And uh, yeah, talking on Black Lives Matter. So a bit about myself and what I do. So I, as Billy mentioned, I'm the Outreach and Engagement Manager at the Brokerage. And part of my, what that looks like in reality is about building relationships with our key stakeholders. So that's our students, uh, schools, universities, and to the public advisors to provide, uh, I suppose, expose students to the financial sector. So that includes the sort of banking, accounting, tech, law, and insurance. So for them to understand what goes on in the, in, in, in the city, learning about the different the different sectors and different types of job roles, and how they can also, you know, kickstart their career within the city. So we bring professionals at the sort of partner firms to share their career journeys with students, to inspire them, also to share insights in terms of things that they've learned over the years as a way to help educate students and, you know, empower them to make an informed decision about the future. So, yeah. so that's what I do yeah, in a nutshell. So yeah. working from home is pretty much the new norm. Uh, so we wanted to ask, so what's the insight into the day-to-day -day job now? What's it like? Day-to-day, oh, -day, so, I mean, it's probably something that students might have said a, lot, a million times that, you know, no, no, no day is the same because yeah. you know you wake up in the morning. You know you might have a plan mm. of actually what you want to do, and then something else comes up. You're then going to respond to that quickly. So every day is different. I think the main crux of what day to day looks like is really managing, you know, managing communication and relationships with uh, with schools in terms of booking them onto our online workshops. Also working with partners to. You know, again, book sessions in with them, so manage that whole process. Is that there's a lot of relationship building mm. with my group, and uh, also working management relationship with the students, particularly ones who want to, you know, who want to find out about the brokerage, who want to join the brokerage as a candidate. Mm -hmm. So talk them through what's like an induction process. So there's that. Yeah. A lot is set around relationship building. However, there's you know, no one day to say since literally. But it's mainly like if you're working towards a goal. So that goal could be okay. Plan is to run how many sessions over three months. So that's the overall goal. But what happens in that process is very different on a day-to-day -day basis. And in terms of working from home, what is it like? It's been, yeah. I mean, I can't believe it's almost a year. So the next one will be exactly a year since we've been working from home. Oh, and of course, yeah. that's, a, that's a big change because prior to lockdown, everything that we did was all face-to-face. Uh, -face. So we have young people coming into our companies to come part of the company to, to, to learn about what they do, go behind the scenes to speak to employees, see what goes on and so on and so forth. Moving online, we've had to adapt that so where students attend virtual sessions and a networking session with employers. So thankfully, we've been able to adapt it, mm. adapt what we do. And we've actually seen um, probably engage more people and actually reached a wider audience as a result. So mm. that's students from like Liverpool taking part in our Facebook mentoring program. Again, that would not have happened before mm. lockdown. So that's been a plus to you know lockdown, expanding our reach and so on. And as a result, we've also been able to engage with more organizations mm. and run more sessions. So it's been good. It's, it's provided some really some good opportunities for us as, as an organization to uh, expand what we do. And at the same time, they're slightly challenged by actually missing that face-to-face -face engagement, especially for the students. You know, one of the things that students value the most is being able to meet with like-minded students in person, build that connection, and so on and so forth. So that's been missing slightly. Mm. And we haven't even met you guys with you guys in person. Yet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know. No. Same. It would be nice. 
if we do ever get to meet each other, but obviously when everything's safe to do so. Mm. Exactly. I mean, it's shocking how fast a year can go by though quickly. I think mm. it's everyone's getting used to this, um, working from home and it's becoming the new norm. Um, I, everyone's going to be um, nervous when it's time to go back to work because like <laughs> it's been so time off that they haven't seen each other that close. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a change. Mm. Exactly. Um, so moving on to our icebreakers before mm. we go into the main questions. So, Oris, what app couldn't you live without and mm. why? Yeah. Oh, an app could I live without and why? Oh. <laughs> the, 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 what app do I go to do I visit most of my phone? So it used to be Instagram. Mm. <laughs> yes, that's what I was expecting. I, 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 wouldn't say, I wouldn't say I couldn't live without it, but it used to be Instagram. Literally, every mm. five I'm like, just find myself naturally going to Instagram to check what's happening, actually what we're doing and so on and so forth. I think part of it came maybe just by border or just a habit. However, mm. at the start of this year, I took a month off, so I'm still on my month break from Instagram to actually just, you know, not be so caught up on uh, checking my Instagram all, all the time. But what I do do is, so on my phone, there's this Google app that just gives me like latest news and says mm. what's happening. Mm. So yeah, I tend to go on and read the football news. So maybe an app to do with like football is probably something that perhaps might have something with that one. I'd say so. I think so anyway. Yeah. What about yeah. Helen? Yeah, I think social media apps can be so addictive once you get <laughs> to know. use them a lot. Because like, it just makes you really curious and especially if it has funny memes and stuff I always love to go on them it's just it, like you said like a habit you just get off the app go on another app and then you find yourself come back to the same app mm. but um, I'll say Instagram but not really because I think I can control myself and limit how much I go on it I hope um, but the app that I say I can't live live without um, is definitely my notes because mm, okay. I literally have everything in my notes, like my reminders, like also the reminder app, but like all my passwords are in my notes. So I, yeah, it's a lifesaver. Are, so we know where to. I, know. <laughs> I need where to keep my phone safe now. <laughs> yeah, in where to find phone, we know what to make, where to go to. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, I've locked my notes. Um, <laughs> After Billy said you can lock them, so now it's not that easy to get into the. But what if you notes? don't know your password for the notes? <laughs> Isn't that? No, right? because because I won't. I'll make sure I won't forget that password. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't realise what spots was a lock. How do I, because I've got my pin, bank pin on my notes as well. So how do I lock it? Um, so you go on notes. And then... Actually, I'll have a conversation, but I don't know. Boris was talking about my password, and now he's talking about his bank pin. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it does, um, you just have to kick them like those three dots, and I think it gives you the options to lock yeah, it. Lock. So you just need to have like, need to go around a bit. Yeah, but make sure you do remember the, the password because oh, yeah. it's not. <laughs> that would be ironing. Did you hear about the guy who forgot about his uh, crypto oh. password? I think his current value is about 180,000, million, sorry. And For his Bitcoin, it. right? Yeah, yeah, he's lost it. Oh my gosh, uh, that is so sad. And he only had like, last time I checked, he had like two attempts left or something. Yeah. Was yeah, it once yeah, now? Yeah. Oh, well, the last time I checked was once. Uh, I don't know, I haven't seen, I haven't heard, I haven't followed these after that. Uh, yeah. That's mental. That could literally lead to suicide, I think. Because imagine you, having that you. much money and just losing it. It's crazy. Even to think about it, I think to actually talk about apps that I can't live without. Maybe WhatsApp is probably the one that I can't live without because that's pretty much where every communication takes place these days. I know there's been a controversy about the whole Facebook thing. Oh, yeah. Thankfully, it doesn't affect people in the UK. According to the what they've said anyway, the UK and the EU doesn't affect people within those regions. But yeah, WhatsApp has become mm. almost like second nature. Yes, like to, to reach out to family and overseas mm. and stuff. Exactly. But, but WhatsApp also um, uploaded on their status saying, no, we don't do this. Did you see the status <laughs> no. section for WhatsApp? They, like, they, they've like put like an update saying, oh, um, we don't spread your like private messages and stuff just mm. to let oh, you know. Really? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I've seen that. You know what? I saw that, but I didn't quite know what it was. I was like, oh, this is a bit strange in the status part. Yeah. But what's that thing that came up? And I was like, that's a bit strange. I was like, what's that? But I didn't look at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I looked at it. And it's just, it's kind of funny, really. <laughs> oh, dear. Right. Um, so the next one. Um, so what advice, Oris, would you um, give to students who are currently going to study univers- university this year? Oh, that is a big question. Well, yeah. So I know one of the biggest concerns, especially we, you know, based on the survey we just conducted, students are quite a lot of students are concerned about internship, work experience and so on and so forth, about their future. And I think I can understand why, because university... I mean, how it's perceived, at least, is that it's geared towards getting a job after when they finish university. Do you have people who go into directly so apprenticeship and, and so as well, or choose not to go to university? But I'd say my advice would be probably, I can only say this now from experience. I remember going back to 2008 when there was the massive economic crash and a lot of students and graduates were concerned about the future, about jobs and so on and so forth. Is that, mm. yes, you may have those challenging moments, but remember, this is not going to happen forever. You know, that's where we're going to be in three, four years' time. It's going to be very different. Mm-hmm. So the main thing is actually just to stay, basically don't focus too much on the in the future and things that hasn't happened yet. Mm. Just focus on the now and, you know, focus on just learning and really developing yourself. Yes, hopefully we're going to work into face-to-face education where you can actually enjoy your time on campus and so mm. on. Yeah, just not worry so much about the future. Trust me, the world is the future. Because things are going to be different. It's not, we're not going to be in this state for the rest of our life. And mm. it's just a matter of uh, just reminding themselves that this is not going to last forever. Would you encourage people yeah. to go to uni? Because of this chaos this year, is this the nine, 9K worth it or not? Which version of me do you want to answer that question? The brokerage me or, <laughs> or the real me? We said to employers, we're volunteers, like, they should be honest, right? So I'm going to be honest as well. So would I encourage people to go to university based on what's happening at the moment? See, I have a, I mean, I went to university, I studied management. Uh, this was about 11 years ago. I graduated, finished 11 years ago now. It was a while ago. And I went to university when I was 23. That's when I started uni. And I think it was one of the best decisions I made because they gave me, I had some time to actually learn about what I actually enjoy, what I really want to do. So on that basis, I would say to people, do not panic or worry about your future if you did not, if you choose not to go to university right now. And, you know, there is just, would I encourage you to go to university based on what's happening at the moment? It depends on the person. The person actually, what they feel is most important to them, learning at this moment or gaining experience. Yeah, the other thing is, if you are considering not going to university, you know, speak to people, get advice from people who briefly like Jones actually say, Talk about what, what what you're interested in. Find people who are working in the space of what you see yourself perhaps in the future. Ask them questions, you know, and use that to help, help make a decision. And also, if you're not sure about going to university, yeah, also speak to people that you that you can trust. Say why you're not sure, why you why you're not really keen on going to university. And because growing up personally, I grew up in a in a culture where going to university was a must. You go to university whether you like it or not. But I managed to break away from that. So I know a lot of young people face that pressure to go to university for the parents, especially. So I'd say, um, if you are unsure, just pick up the courage and actually speak to your parents and say, I'm not sure about this. I want to take up some time and speak to professionals to give you advice on how to go about it. But I'd say, yeah, only do it if you know something you want to do. But also, if you're going to do it, go to university for the purpose of learning mm-hmm. rather than using it to think this is what you're going to do to get a job in the future. So yeah. if Oris was exactly. 23, again, would you go now? If I was 23 again, would I go to university? Absolutely, because I think, you know, the things I wanted to do were so much up in the future, mm. started around going to university. So I went to university to learn. I didn't even know what I was going to do after university. As in, looking back, I did not choose my subject or 
I, ch- I did not choose management as a degree because of this is what's going to get me a job. I knew what I wanted to do was linked to like consulting, coaching, mm-hmm. working with organizations on how to, you know, engage early talent and so on and so forth. Exposed me to different thinkers that have actually influenced the whole workspace over the years. So I'd say that's probably one of the benefits of actually going to university is just to learn and gain more knowledge. It's a structured environment to actually learn. That's really what what it is. I'd say, would I go? Absolutely. Um, However, it's not for everyone. People should not feel like they have to they go to university that they're not going to succeed. Mm. It's not the case at all. My younger brother did go to university. He earns more than I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, different routes, different routes. So follow your passion, follow your dreams, follow your aspirations, like yeah. what, what you really care about. And uh, that's really what keeps you grounded, no matter what. Yeah. So could you tell us more about the brokerage and what does it do? So the brokerage in terms of what we do. So the brokerage is a, so a social movement charity is basically an organisation that's set up to help move people who may not necessarily have the access into certain opportunities to give them that uh, almost like ladder to climb mm-hmm. up to those places to, so they can actually achieve their aspirations. So it's been going on for about 25 years now and it was set up to work in partnership with businesses to help young people achieve their full potential, their career aspirations, particularly uh, within the financial sector. So it's not exclusive to just people who are interested in the financial sector because there are people who like helen you're not interested i'm I'm thinking that that's not a sector that you're interested in in the long run um no not really (laughs) exactly but you know however you're still part of that 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 network see there's a lot of things you actually gain from being part of the network so i would say it's not exclusive to people interested in like banking or finance it's open to anyone as a way to give them that raise the aspiration give them an exposure into the working world, develop their skills to almost get them job ready from when they leave uh, education into the workplace at that early stages. Because what you find is there's a lot of uh, students from, you know, a more sort of like an advantage, uh, uh, I wouldn't use the word privileged background, people are actually better off in the sense that they have the resources, they have the means, they have the connections, the sort of level of education that they've had or, mm. or university they've gone to puts them at, a, you know, at the top mm. of the uh, employers. So whereas young people who are equally as passionate talented from certain backgrounds do not have that you know exposure or resources so this is why the Brexit Summit actually helped bridge that gap mm. so that once you get to that stage you would have had the same level of exposure experience techniques so that you'd be on a, a level playing for people from different backgrounds so, so yeah that's naturally what, what we do and why we do it so one of the uh, brokerage campaign is the uh, new change makers so I wanted to ask what has the brokerage done so like the how to bring the students and companies together to like make the new change makers into reality, essentially. So for the past 25 years, I've been working with, you know, running sessions, we've supported thousands of students, uh, you know, over the years, and some of them have actually gone on to, you know, take on senior roles within, within, the, within in, in the city. Mm. And, and last two years, we've been really looking at how, how, how to looking to evolve that further. And part of that, as you rightly mentioned, is the, the change maker approach. So really calling on organizations to almost like, let's take this to the next next level. Because traditionally, companies expect everyone who come on board to almost adapt into how they do things. And as we know, not everyone fits into fits into that mold. And there are people who think differently, especially from different backgrounds. There's diversity of thoughts and skills, you know, both gender, ethnic backgrounds, and so on and so forth. Especially because we work with the with our school leavers and undergraduates. So often, those, especially school leavers, are not often, you know, included in that conversation or consideration when it comes to creating a, a sustainable working environment for them. So this is why we're actually, you know, really pursuing that mission now to work with organisations to say. But there are these are the next, these are the future future leaders. These are the next generation. This actually comes to your organisation in, in in five years time. So 
mm. and start creating the right environment for them to actually mm. a to, to excel to actually really fulfill their full potential this is why we're doing it so working with partners to one of the practical things that we have done doing recently is that uh, we, we've uh, launched a corporate leaders forum this is where we have regular conversations with uh, senior leaders within within uh, these firms to look at, to have conversations around how we can better, uh, you know, engage uh, students, how we can better introduce students to the workforce, also educating their team internally that work with young people or understanding the cultural differences, how students from different backgrounds think and behave so that they can actually have a, be able to relate to them in a much more conducive manner as opposed to just a traditional, you come here, you got to like, you know, play golf, be able to, be able to play golf or whatsoever, and, you know, just really changing the, the landscape. So the, so the corporate leaders forum is one. We've also, we create, we're working on a, uh, some policy documents actually, you know, to also hold organizers accountable. Mm. And we run regular sessions, we run workshops. So before uh, a company becomes a brokerage partner, mm. uh, you know, as part of that process, they have to attend certain sort of compulsory uh, sessions. Yeah. Uh, not compulsory, just more sessions to actually ensure that they understand the students that we work with. Yeah. Um, so bringing all these new changes are excellent and trying um, to get companies to actively change themselves and their behavior is amazing. So where do you see the brokerage in five years um, since it's reaching its 30th year of presence as well? Well, that's a good question. I think probably Katrina, who's the CEO of the brokerage, probably would be the better place to answer that question. From my perspective, one thing I know that we, we want to do more of uh, moving forward is really build it on our right, sort of thought leadership. So basically being seen as a, almost a thought leader, someone who is seen as a, an authoritative figure within a space, within a sector, basically. So it's really, as an organization, us being seen as being establishing ourselves as a thought leader, having more of an influence with, uh, you know, within the sector, particularly working on campaigns to push or change the, change the culture within the, the continue on that legacy why the brokerage was set up in the first place and really work with companies to, you know, change the culture, change the narrative in terms of, um, you know, it's not just the city is not just geared towards people from a particular, you know, demographic or background, but it's actually is reflective of, you know, people within, in London and beyond, not just London. It has talents from different works of life, but also not just talents from different works of life, but what works of talents actually, as well as attracting those talents to work in the city, mm. is now making it a culture. Again, it's not just getting geared towards certain people, but, you know, mm. diversity inclusion is a buzz, is a big topic at the moment. So it's not, it's about really fighting for that whole equality, diversity and inclusion for people from different backgrounds. So that's why I say what a, a, a key focus uh, mm. for the brokerage moving forward. So in five years' time, uh, hopefully, I'd say we would be in a place where we would have made a tangible change. Where, when you look at the city, when you look at how the business practice in the city, it will be very different because the brokerage fought for that change or influenced companies to change their behaviour. So that says it's more tangible things. That you say, okay, oh, this happened. Why? Because the brokerage, you know, influenced it. That happened because the brokerage did it. So that's what. And I think you guys play a key role in that. You know, because hence why. One of the key reasons why we, you know, set up the ambassadors because mm. we do this for students. So how silly would it be if the students are actually not at the forefront of the conversation, you know, being had? So this is why so I think the ambassadors play a key role in, you know, really companies actually see that these are the, these, these are your future leaders. So you know, listen to them. They have something of value to add. Mm. Again, that plays that adds such, so much value to 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 uh, what we do and part of our mission moving forward. So moving on to the next question, which is why um, Black Lives Matters. Um, so what is Black Lives Matters to you, 
I was listening to good points again. Um, a lot of the change maker uh, approach, you know, came on the back of you know, we all witnessed what happened yeah. in June last week, which feels like ages ago now. Uh, oh, yeah. It's changed the, the conversation completely around what's been brewing up behind the scenes for years, almost like no one's talking about it, mm. i.e., how the injustice that people from uh, yeah. black and white backgrounds face. So. Black Lives Matter. I, I was listening to a, I can't remember what it was, yeah. other day, and I loved how they, they articulated it. So, how I see Black Lives Matter. So, the world currently, the world, the earth belongs to everyone. Everyone should have a, I mean, it's, it's crazy when you even think about it. Like, we're human beings for crying out loud. You know, everyone should, the world should be able to cater for the needs of everyone, but also not just cater for the needs, but also be able to, so that every individual can actually fulfill their full potential. And over the years, you know, that unfortunately, some people from certain backgrounds have an advantage, it's more conducive towards them, it's not equal, basically. Mm. It's just creating a space where there's a balance, um, where in the world where every individual are able to, you know, realise their full potential, realise their, their true greatness, but also have the freedom to, to live, freedom to actually enjoy life. Mm. And so Black Lives Matter is actually, is changing years, years upon years, like you're talking about centuries, mm. years of perception that's been created about people from a particular group, which has demonized them. It's actually, literally, it's so hard to even separate because it's so part of society that it's hard to separate it. So it's really mm. reversing all of those uh, belief systems over the years to actually say, and then rewrite the new script, mm. and which which then will allow people to actually, from especially from the black community, to be able to actually, you know, A, See, change the way that they view themselves yeah. and actually create a new narrative actually who they are a new identity and how they perceive themselves not seeing themselves actually less of but not even trying to see themselves actually equals actually just know that no this is I am me because I am me not because I'm of my skin you know so it's, it's it's a huge topic I think the Black Lives Matter movement is something that has definitely is a great brand to really to get everyone talking about it it's mm. actually it's a clear message that's tangible to actually see identify with you know, black very catchy as well so i think as yeah. a as a brand it's something that's definitely needed to really keep that conversation at the forefront yes there's so many people talking so much um, being a, a political this a political oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. all total you know having my brokerage hat on now and obviously trying to be <laughs> professional in this yeah. no i think it should, yeah it should be political and it's needed because to really change things it has to be it has to be some sort of a political angle to it to, to policies to really put pressure but yeah great response i think just putting people into groups it's just not acceptable like we're all the same people we're all the same beings mm. we're not different from in one another like we breathe the same air we walk on the same land mm. just separating us into groups and just just starting the differences like there is no difference between us we're all the same people mm. yeah absolutely i think 100 percent. and i think that as a like I said, as a concept of black lives matter it's just a it's something that allows people to actually focus on the conversation and i, th- I know it's hard for some people to understand people have different opinions and actually, actually what it is to understand what comes behind it I think we take the time to really understand it, to actually really mm. set that, to really be clear. And I think you'll see that, hey, it's something that's needed. Because, I mean, look at, I uh, was it over 100 years ago, the movement to, you know, give women the right to vote. Oh, that yeah. had a name, that had a, you know, uh, had a name to it. So it just makes it, it's actually, you know, build a conversation, create a conversation narrative around it. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, talking about the Black Lives uh, Matter movement. So, even though you have kind of, uh, you've talked about it, the new change makers. So, what else has the brokerage done um, as a result of the Black Lives Matter movement? Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, the, the change makers is definitely one of the things that has been one of the things that came out of that. 
And, you know, we've had conversations at the employer forum, employer leader, corporate leaders forum, to really get organizations to actually talk about, yeah, just their view, to understand the viewpoints around uh, the movement when it first started in June. You know, we've had sessions with you guys, the ambassadors as well, to get your people to actually what companies should be doing uh, to better engage young people, to create a better environment for young people. And I think one thing also wrote the 10, the recommendation actually 10 things that companies can do on the back of that. And I think our own internal recruitment process actually reflected that as well. So what? Uh, you know, new members of staff on board who have years of experience in that area, you know, and expertise in that area to actually continue our mission to, you know, work with organizations to actually change the narrative uh, around, you know, just how they engage young people and so on. So, yeah, those are things that some of the things that we have done and, and, mm-hmm. and you know, more things in the pipeline coming. So follow up, Oris, uh, on that. So the 10 things that corporates can do to drive change is um, setting targets and tracking progress. So I want us to um, ask um, an example so you can share that it states it's tracking the progress. So I'm probably not the best person to, because yeah. I think my colleagues from more of the uh, partnerships and mm. corporate sort of engagements are probably the best place to, to, to respond to that. But what I do know is that um, when it comes to uh, one of the things we do with employers in particular, you know, offering internships and offering work experience and also offering uh, workshops where they engage with, with, with young people. So mm. they, I suppose one of the things I know we're speaking, we're working with them on is around, I said, more of that training piece on how they can, you know, better engage young people from different backgrounds. But in terms of the actual updating to like that targets and metrics, so my colleagues from like the placement side of things or partnership would probably the best place to to uh, mm-hmm. shed some light to that. Maybe you can uh, run a session with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, could be in the future. So um, now with the new almost norm with the working from home, how do you think that corporations can make themselves more inclusive to ethnic minorities? So how how do you think they can make themselves more diverse? What actions can they bring from working at home? Yeah, so one of the beauties of um, with the with the with working from home in the pandemic is that our sessions are done online. It's also it's easier for people to, especially when we have sessions where we have volunteers from our partner firms joining in, they can just literally post emails, join a live, a live session of, of Zoom, and then finish speaking and talk about the journey and then go back to work. So so it means that what could have been a potential hindrance for them sort of volunteering the time, the pandemic's actually made it a, a bit easier for them to, to, to volunteer. So one of the things that companies actually have, where they can, employees from who are from, you know, that's reflectful of like the young people from, say, Black and Asian or Manish African backgrounds to so actually share up and talk about their journeys as well and that's one of the ways that they're actually doing so but also the work that we do with them around you know running workshop sessions to actually train their staff on better engaging also just learning how to communicate their opportunities to young people as well so having more of that close support with companies to say this is how you can actually make your positions more appealing no one said one of the conversations we had in one of the ambassador session at meetings uh sort of looking about you know, they promote the, the sort of the, the journey, so progression routes within the organization. So, okay, if you start here, this is actually where you could be in the future. And also for them to also see people from, you know, similar backgrounds, say black or ethnic backgrounds who are at a senior level. So, you can say, this is actually, there are people within this organization who are quite senior as well. So, it gives them that potentially what the future could actually look like. Hence, that whole visibility, be more visible, showing people who are in senior leadership positions, also communicating their plans to young to say, 
yes, this is where, this is our aspirations. This is where we're at at the moment. We're not there yet. However, this is what we're looking to get to. Mm. So there's that transparency. It gives young people trust. You know, that's just trust. It's okay, cool. We believe you. We see what you're trying to do. We see you're making the effort. So yeah, we're going to work for you. So you can those some things that companies can do and are starting to do as well mm-hmm. to address the working from home, particularly people from a, you know, ethnic diverse background. Okay. Thank you, Oris. And that's, that's all for the questions for today. Um, thanks, thanks for coming on and we'll see everyone in the next episode.